Hi, this is John from Prodigal Church. We want to thank you for listening to this week's teaching. The best way to watch and listen is through our Prodigal mobile app, available at your app store. We hope you are moved to love God and others in a greater way. Now, let's dive right into this week's teaching. Welcome, Prodigal Church. I'm Pastor Dwayne Coleman. Uh, I also go by D-Rock, so whatever is uh, good for you. If I do a good job, you can call me D-Rock. Otherwise, I guess I'll just be plain old Dwayne. But uh, I'm grateful to be here with you. Uh, it's, it's my first time, but I've known Pastor John Richardson uh, for the majority of my life. He is my mentor. Uh, I'm his mentee, so grateful to be here uh, in his pulpit preaching. And uh, I think we're going to have a good time. So just ensure that we're going to pray that the Holy Spirit uh, would have his way. So if you'd pray with me. Father, we thank you for the opportunity. As your word says, this is a day that the Lord has made. So we are grateful that you have placed purpose in it and that you have uh, included us in the details of your purpose. God, may your spirit be at work as the the preaching and teaching goes forth, and may everyone hear exactly what they need to hear as you filter it through your Holy Spirit. Bless our time, and may we be a blessing to others as a result. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I'd like to to open up with where I'm going so it gives you a chance to get there. We're going to go to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. And start at verse 6. Again, that's 2 Corinthians chapter 9. I'll say a couple things to give you a chance uh, to get there. The title of this passage is uh, Pass the Gravy, right? So it's this understanding that we're at the Thanksgiving table, uh, the dinner table, and all the food is there, right? The the stuffing, uh, the turkey. Uh, I'm going to be honest. I don't really know what's at Thanksgiving uh, dinner traditionally because in in my home, my culture, we kind of do it a little bit different. And uh, I know you're thinking, well, he's talking about black culture, right? Yeah, but it's not a monolith, so people do different things. But in my home, where we are predominantly black, we do ribs, uh, we do uh, chicken, we do shrimp. It's, it's really very meat-heavy, uh, some ham, typically no turkey. Uh, so, but you get the point. You're at Thanksgiving dinner table. Uh, you, you know what your favorite item is. Uh, and, and, and for me and my family, I, I don't know if it's a budget issue or whatever, but there tends to every year be battles over certain types of food, right? And, and it usually comes down to uh, these special ribs that, that my mom really likes. It's, uh, it's, it's these lamb chop ribs, right? And uh, for whatever reason, my dad only buys a, a couple of them, right? So there's all these people and everyone wants uh, some of the lamb and it always comes into a battle. And, and, and you know, I, I'm... I'm Typically, the biggest person gets what they want at, at the dinner table in our family. And this is the biggest I've ever been. I know you can't see my full body, uh, but don't be deceived. I'm, I'm under 6'1". So I'm not a big guy, but I have a pretty creative mind. And so what, what happens to me at Thanksgiving dinner table is instead of using my muscles, I kind of use my intellect uh, to kind of judge people in a way of why they shouldn't and why I should be able to get uh, the, the portions of the meal that I want. And usually that's not a very godly thing. And I won't even go into the details because it's really just going to shame me. I'm not, I'm not going to give an example on that. But the point is, we all know as Christians that we should share. As followers of Jesus, we understand the, the principle we've all been taught. It's better to give than to receive. Uh, some of us have it up in, in our walls, in our homes. Uh, but, you know, who really does that? Who, who really believes it's better to give than to receive. Have you felt what it's like to receive? It's, it's great, right? We, we all love to receive. It's kind of one of those things where we're like, yeah, Jesus said it. It's cool. We're not going to tell him he's a liar, but 
but he's not going to do it when he's not looking. It's kind of how, how, how we operate. But I want to show how in Scripture it teaches us why and, and how giving actually is better than to receive and what the blessing is when it comes to giving. Because obviously if Jesus said it, it's got to be meaningful, it's got to be personal, and most of all, it's got to be true, it's got to be real. So I think this passage will really help us understand that today. So 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6 reads like this. The Apostle Paul says, Remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You must each decide in your heart how much to give. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure, for God loves a person who gives cheerfully, and God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. As the scriptures say, they share freely and give generously to the poor. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. For God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. It is in the same way he will provide and increase your resources and produce a great harvest of generosity in you. Yes, you will be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous. And when you take your gifts to those who need them, they will thank God. So two things so two good things will result from this ministry of giving. The needs of other believers in Jerusalem will be met, and they will joyfully express their thanks to God. So let me just start off with, uh, after that passage, why give? Why should we give? And it's a really simple answer that I think is not popular, and we may have even felt guilty to even kind of think this way. But the short of it is because it's worth it. We give because it's worth it. It's just like investing, right? Why would anyone ever invest in anything? Simple. It's worth it. Why did God, the Father, send Jesus Christ uh, to redeem man? Because in his perspective, he said, it's worth it. It's worth it for my glory. It's worth it for, uh, for, for their benefit. Overall, it's worth it. I find it worth it. Now, don't twist what I'm saying. I'm not saying that we're we're, we're, we're deserving of God coming. There's nothing in us that makes us deserving, but God gets to, deceive, gets to deem what is worthy, and he has deemed us worth dying for. So we give because it's worth it. If you're taking notes, which I hope you are, you should write this down. Giving is a function that blesses the giver's mind and heart. Giving is a function. See, too many times I think we think of giving as a law or a command, uh, but really giving is a blessed function. It's a function that we have the opportunity uh, to operate in, and as a result, it blesses the giver's heart and mind. We're on, on the opposite end, greed, uh, we can look at selfishness, jealousy, right? These things uh, rob uh, the, the, the mind and the heart of joy and peace. You'll never find, uh, you, you typically find those who are giving or seemingly naturally givers they have great joy and they have great peace. I'll give you an example of the worth it. So I'm a big sports fan and there's, there's a guy named LeBron. Maybe you've heard of him. Uh, but but the, the research shows that, and LeBron has said that he spends a million dollars a year on his body. A million dollars a year on his body. I, I don't mean like clothes and fashion. I mean, he spends a million dollars to keep his body at peak condition. Why? Why would he do that? Why have we never heard of any other athlete ever doing that? Why did LeBron do that? Because he found it worth it. It's worth it. One, for his own sake, 
right? It's better for him to be at peak condition, but he also gets to play healthier, stronger for a longer period of time, and it results in getting paid more money for a longer period of time. So all in all, it's worth it. When we give, we're giving because it's worth it. And I don't mean this in a, in a crude, twisted, uh, selfish way. We are believers uh, who are being renewed in our hearts and minds to value that which Christ our King values, right? You're with me on that. We, we are learning and we're growing to value that which God values. Uh, and so the giving of our time, talents, energy, and resources into the kingdom is worth it for our own personal sakes because we value uh, our own personal, spiritual, mental, uh, and, and, and emotional health, right? But then in addition, it's a benefit to others when you give, and it's also an advancement of the kingdom of God. Our giving of our time, of our resources, and our energy expands the kingdom of God. And lastly, it glorifies God. If you're a follower of Jesus, these things mean something to you. That, that's, that's meaningful. That's valuable. Yeah, I'm totally willing to give because I can see it's worth it when it expands the kingdom. It brings glory to God. It benefits others, and it keeps me healthy. Then it's totally worth it. Now, again, on the other hand, if you're a selfish or greedy person, giving is probably not the best function for you. It's, it's, it's not going to bring the return that you find valuable. Uh, so, so one of the issues with, with giving is not that it's super demanding or, or it's this hard law that God's given us. It's a blessing if you value what God values. If you don't value what God values, your first issue is not giving. Your first issue is, God, I need to work in my heart and my mind to see what you see so I can value what you value. And it's okay to say amen, church. Even though I can't hear you, uh, you, you know, I, I feel it in the spirit. Okay, let, let, let me keep moving on. We're going to go to, to my second point here based off of this verse, which is, okay, then I understand why I give, but now how do I give, right? In, in our natural minds, we tend to think it's about amount, but I want to uh, say to you all today, it's really about attitude. Attitude is more important than the amount that you give with. Uh, as the scripture said, uh, so I'm going to give you, I'm just going to give you a quick three, three important words that we get from that scripture. And I, and I made them all C words. Okay. That's the preacher's work. I, I made it easy for you. I, I used, I chose all C words, but it's going to help us understand the attitude in which we are to give. And the first one that we get from the scripture says, God loves a cheerful giver. The word there is uh, hilarious. Uh, that's Greek coming out from a, from a brother. So, so be patient with me as I try to communicate that. Uh, but I believe it's, it's hilarious. And, and that may make us think of, of hilarious, right? Uh, the, 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 a word that we, we understand today. But they're not exactly the same. This isn't falling out of your chair, uncontrollable laughter. But it still has the same sentiment of, of joy, of, of happiness, okay? So God loves a happy cheerful giver, okay? And so we're, we're gonna break that down in a minute. I'm gonna give you the three C's first. The second one is from the word decide. I chose to use the word um, and, and because the word decide there means to speak purposes, deciding your heart how much you're going to give. And so we're going to use uh, the word calculated there so we can keep it in C. We wanna be calculated in our giving. This doesn't mean uh, we're being stingy. It means we're being intentional, 
okay? We're not randomly giving, we're being calculated. I'm purposed in my heart, I've calculated, this is what I'm going to give uh, of my time, of my resources, my energy, and so forth. And the last one, uh, lastly, is considerate. So we have cheerful, we have calculated, and we have considerate. Considerate word is not in the scripture, However, it's what I'm using to sum up what Paul means when he says, then you will have uh, everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. The theme right there in that, that passage is you, you're going to have uh, a consideration for others. You're not having a lot just to, to heap up for yourself. He's blessing you with a lot so that you can be considerate in your sharing with other people. So again, cheerful. We, we are merry. We're happy uh, as opposed to grieved or, or, or regretting in our giving. No, we should be happy. We, we, we want to give with a cheerful mindset. We want to be calculated. Calculated actually helps you to give cheerfully because once you've decided and purpose in your heart, it's your decision. You're not giving in to pressure or manipulation from anyone else. We want to be planned out and, and have an expectation in our giving, right? And then thirdly, we want to be considerate, showing kindly awareness or regard for another's feelings or circumstances. So, when we give, and to give in a way that honors and glorifies God, we want to do it in a cheerful way, we want to do it in a calculated way, we want to do it in a considerate way. And as I'm, as I'm wrapping up here, I'm going to give you just a few verses. We're not going to go into them, but you can look at them uh, for, for some of the scholars out there that are like, well, well, you know, I, I really need to see that in Jesus. And I think that's, that's, that's a good quality to have. You know, uh, Jesus is my example. Jesus is my standard. If I don't see it in Jesus, sorry, Pastor D-Rock, I, I just don't ride that way, even no, no matter who it is. So a couple examples that Jesus gives as a cheerful giver, Matthew 13, 44. Uh, Jesus is, is a calculated giver, Matthew eleven twenty, and Jesus is a considerate giver, uh, Mark six thirty four. And I'll run those down one more time for you. Again, uh, Jesus is a cheerful giver, Matthew thirteen forty four. Jesus is a calculated giver, Matthew eleven twenty, and Jesus is a considerate giver, Mark six thirty four. And we're going to, to to go towards our closing time, and uh, I'm, I'm going to reflect on verse ten of chapter nine of Second Corinthians. This is for God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. In the same way, he will provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. So we, we have this understanding, okay, I should give because it's worth it. I, the way that I give is with my attitude, cheerfully, calculated, considerate. But, but Pastor Rock, none of this takes away the reality that I can be at Thanksgiving uh, dinner table or whatever space or place that I'm at, and I can know these things. I can, I can comprehend. I, I may be able to even explain and teach these things, but none of these things necessarily um, that you have spoken or that I've read have changed the fact that when I'm with other people in the room, all I can think about is I want my turkey leg. I want the extra gravy. I, I, I just don't have the, the, the stimulation within me to pass in a way that, that's considerate to others. And if I do, that's cheerful. I, I, I just don't have it in me. What hope is there for such a person? And I just want to say there's plenty of hope and there's a way we can expand, we can grow, we can increase our, our desire uh, to really be considerate to other people, that we can increase in our calculation to give more, that we can increase, uh, increase our happiness to see other people blessed. And, and the, 
Namely, how we do this is as we just read in verse 10. It's acknowledging, it's, in, in, it's, it's acknowledging uh, intentionally, it's intentional acknowledgement that what I have first was passed to me. Okay, my time, my resources, my energy, whatever it is. You, you, you know, we like to say I was born this way. No, no one's, you know, you, you, you were blessed this way, right? Like, like God blessed you with what you have, even your mentality, um, credits to your, your upbringing. Uh, scripture tells us that no one's born randomly, but God chose where you were going to be and in the time you're going to be in. So when we begin to acknowledge and then value the blessedness of God's giving to us, that is what stirs the pot within us and motivates us and really energizes us to go out and do the same to other people. The real issue is, is when we're not willing to give, isn't we don't have enough Bible in us. It's not that we don't have enough, you know, spiritual disciplines going on. If there's a spiritual discipline to motivate giving, here's what it would be. Praise the Lord, you know, and, and not in a and we got to even be careful with that because sometimes we can we can get into like a, a routine of praising God, but there's no heart in it. No, like really bring your mind into the praise. And as you're singing these songs, visualize where you were and how you were, right? As you have been irritated by others' selfishness and, and mistakes and, and whatever, remember at one point, if not still, you were there. And look at the graciousness as, as God gave unto you. And that really will begin to minister to your heart. It'll really begin to minister to your mind. And perspective and passions will begin to increase to match that of Christ Jesus. And that's exactly what we're going to have the opportunity to do right now. As I understand that we're about to go into a time of worship. I want to encourage you, just don't sing the songs uh, on, on, on the page, but really allow your heart to get captured into the memories of where you were when God was investing in you and how that was a benefit to your life and how it's blessed you. And then allow that to stimulate you to go do unto others as Jesus did to you. As the gravy was first passed to you, so pass the gravy to others. Amen. God bless you, church.